Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host Jared and joining me tonight is Sean and Liam. How are you, Sean? I'm stinking hot out here in WA. It's 38 yesterday, 39 today. It's 41 at Christmas. Uh, someone please send me some relief. I think the guys back in Glasgow and you know Ireland and all them listening in will probably be thinking, what's he talking about here with the weather I've seen over there they've had recently? Yeah. I think they'd want to trade. There'd be quite a few people over there wanting to trade with you. <laughs> and how are you, Liam? Um, fine. Cold. I'd just like to say to Sean, bugger off, because it's minus two here just now, and there's a blizzard outside. <laughs> there's no such thing as, as bad weather. There's only bad choice of clothing. Well, <laughs> maybe so. I don't know. It's not nice to navigate a blizzard just to get your lunch, which is what I had to do a couple of hours ago. <laughs> was it Billy Collins said, "Put on a jacket and go out and live your life." Die. <laughs> on that, on that saying, Sean, if you're from Melbourne, where I am, we have the old saying: four seasons in one day over here. You never know. Like, I have like four different weather apps on my phone. Look at them all and just go, "Okay, the consensus is tomorrow is going to be raining." So, I should probably take a coat. No, my luck, the one will be right, and it will be sunny and real nice. So, yeah, I wish I had your conundrum, boys. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to lug around as much clothing and shit. But anyone listening is not really going to care. So um, let's just jump straight into the football. So, um, yeah, just start off with our usual shout. Anyone listening in enjoys what we do in your podcast that you, app that you're using, please subscribe to the Sail Down Under podcast. We appreciate that. It's been The podcast has been growing rapidly right, like recently. So thanks to everyone who has signed up. We appreciate your support. 
Uh, also, while you're at it, you've got Celtic Down Under group and page on Facebook. Give them a like. And there's also at inst- on our Instagram and Twitter at Celtic Down while you're at it. So, yeah, we'll jump straight in. I'll go- throw to you, Liam. Hmm. Game Celtic Ross County. What was your take on the game? Um, yeah, I, was, I thought it was a very satisfying performance. Um, the uh, There seems to have been a mental shift in the team um, because games previously in the last few months, if it's gone that length of time and we haven't scored yet, we tend to get worried and uneasy and stagger. But just throughout that game, throughout, I had the confidence that we were going to win, and we were going to, and it was going to be all right, and um, and it was, and uh, yeah, job done. I think just a nice, effective performance, um, and we need more of that, more of the same again tonight, please. <laughs> and Sean, what was your take on the game? Yeah, it was uh, the first. Not first, I guess. Uh, it was further evidence, along with the, the game we're going to talk about next, that uh, Scott Brown is should be on the bench behind Sorrow. Uh, exhibit A, B, C and D in the last four games, uh, where Sorrow has started the three games, we've had clean sheets, and where Scott Brown started the one game, we conceded three goals. So uh, this Ross County game reflected that. There was Ross County only had one chance in the whole game, and it was a header that went wide. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see the two up front. It's good to see uh, Griffiths and Edward. They they didn't really do too much together in the Ross County game. They they kind of same thing as last year, where it took them a couple of games to get into a flow together, and I think we've seen that against Hamilton. But in the Ross County game, Turnbull looked really good. He won man of the match. It was a good finish, even like. I know it's mostly Frimpong's work that set him up and the fullback probably should have done better. But at the same time, Turnbull has to be there and has to be have the composure to, to put it in. Because that's the sort of that's like identical chance that Edward missed three times in the cup final and Turnbull gets one for one. So I'm I'm not gonna take the credit away because you've got other players on the team that are not converting chances like that. So as much as you go, yeah, tap in easy, no. Give him the credit, give him for the composure, the touch, you know, putting in the right direction, being in the right spot. Uh, and the Griffiths header, it's good. I'll talk more about Griffiths when we come on to the Hamilton game. Speaking of that Turnbull goal, it reminded me of um, a lot of the goals Armstrong used to score for us. He'd just be in the right place at the right time. So what I'm saying of Turnbull, it's kind of, it's like we finally replaced Armstrong and what he was doing in our team few years back so yeah I think he settled in really well and yeah it was a good all-round performance there uh, I like that we had two up front as well together it's good to see Griff and Eddie playing together again mm. Turnbull reminds me of Rogic three years ago there you go different eyes different views on it mm. I can see Rogic I can see Armstrong I see he's like that I don't think he's Christy esque in that role but yeah I can see what you're saying mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to see. Only Armstrong had better hair. <laughs> well, Armstrong has better hair than anyone, so you know. Yeah, no. It doesn't matter who you are. It's yeah. Yeah. Next 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 level shit basically. 
But yeah, um, something that stood out to me watching the game was just the positioning and the motor that Sorrow has. It's I know early on a few podcasts early on in the preseason, everything we're talking about the N'Golo Kante comparison comparisons for Sorrow, but just the way he positions himself and then he recovers and. There was patches in this game where he's at left back because Laxalt's further forward. And then as soon as Laxalt's back in position, he sprints across midfield, clogs the middle, and then next thing you know, he's overpressing someone. It's like he's done probably three 50-meter runs in a row, and it's just go, go, go. And then he's still able to get in and push forward and move, make the pass forward. I was like really impressed with his work ethic off the ball defensively. I thought it was amazing. I know yeah, that's an interesting point. The um the thing about Sorrow is that when I when I first saw him, I thought, God, he's fast. But then as you watch him play more, you realise it's not that he's fast; it's that he's got excellent awareness. He goes where the ball is going to go before it gets there, and his anticipation is brilliant to the point where you think, oh, he's really fast. But actually, what it is is he's covering because he knows where the ball is going to go, and that's an instinct that you can't really train into a player that's something they're born with, I think. Like, it's, it's what we've been getting out of Scott Brown for the last 12, whatever it is, years. And what we're just seeing now is that I don't actually think Sorrow is a better player than peak Scott Brown, but Scott Brown has shown consistently this season that he can do it for f- more than 45 minutes. Mm. You know, that the longest we've seen it from him in any game is 45 minutes. He's still got that, Scott Brown still has that instinct. He just doesn't, he just can't do it anymore. He just does, can't get around as much as someone who's, what, 13, 14 years as junior? Yeah. Yeah, they say the um, the toughest opponent anyone ever comes up against is Father Time, and that's what's caught up with Bruni this season. It's disappointing because of how well he's been playing the last few years, but, you know, Father Time waits for no one. So sorry he's got the jersey at the moment. He's playing well. I can't see it's even going into Sunday's game. I can't see how Sorrow could be dropped. No, but obviously we'll discuss that later. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention about the Celtic to Ross County nil result that we had? Hmm. Were we denied any penalties? I don't know. They all blend together for me. <laughs> Not that I can remember. All right, so we'll jump into the next game then. So it was Celtic 3, Hamilton 0. I'll throw to you, Sean, for this one. Yeah, so I'm seeing in this one we had 23 total shots compared to just the 25 we had against Ross County. So we're certainly creating chances in this new formation. And as I said before, we are also keeping clean sheets. Uh, I was a bit worried when it was bit on in defence, as the commentator was saying, not beat on. Uh, obviously, Duffy's a bomb scare, but he's good at set pieces, if you like, you know, whereas Beton is not. So, yeah, I was a bit worried in that sense, but he did pretty well, and Ayer did really well. He's came onto a game recently. Uh, Connor Hazard as well has looked pretty assured for crosses. He's not really had too many shots to save. And obviously when he was under pressure against Hearts, when he was under physical pressure, he folded. But other than that, he's done pretty well uh, collecting crosses and commanding the box. And 
Yeah, he's not had much to do, really, to be honest, and I'm sure he'll be tested more in the future, as long as he's still in the team. Uh, Edward and Griffiths looked really good together, particularly Edward, who, for me, was man of the match. Um, again, he could have... I think he actually didn't really try so much to score this time. I think he was deliberately looking for Griffiths every time he could. And uh, it was Griffiths' really nice goal, and that made him three goals in three games, which really, to me, that's like, yep, another Griffiths comeback. Uh, I think he's had more comebacks than a face-down prostitute, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Another one to add to the list. I'm just letting the tumbleweed come through off the back of that. You're leaving a gap so you can edit that out? Okay. I think joking. Well, nah, my next stand-up set, that was a good one. I <laughs> well, I had some other versions that I was going to roll out, but they, they seemed less appropriate. <laughs> so back on point then, I think for me, I liked um, – it's good to see like they've had like Eddie's had that whole disinterested look about him, but that's just the way he carries himself at the, at the best of times. But his work rate off the ball in this game, what I was just – talking about Sorrow in the last game, Eddie, his pressing and his work and hot link-up play with Griffin, the, hey, they, were, they were working together. It was great to see. So I was um, really, really happy with the performance from the team in general. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't too flustered with Biton being in there, um, just mainly because we had Taylor and Ayer in there as well in the back line. So you've got a couple of... Uh, you got a steady hand back there as well with him. What do you think, Liam? I I think Beton's just a he's a good, solid, dependable seven or eight out of ten every time he plays. I think you know he's never he rarely wins man of the match, but he's rarely the guy that costs us a game either. You know he just goes in and does his job and never um never any drama from him either when he's not playing. You know he just he's a good member of the squad and a good, honest professional and. Aye, it's good to see him play and get a good result, you know. Um, as to the wider game itself, I think just a good performance all round, you know. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're finding our feet at just the right time, just as the other mob are starting to stagger. Well, we need, we need to be a bit careful about praise from the Hamilton game, considering they had 10 players out. Aye, well, you know, that's um, you can only beat what's in front of you, as they say, you know. Yeah, yeah. the clean sheet's the big thing for me. Yeah, I spoke, I spoke about it on last week's podcast. The key thing was the performance overall, not the scoreboard. And what I enjoyed was the way we played against Ross County. It was an improvement, and then we improved on that again against Hamilton. So we're charting in the right direction, which is good. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's it, exactly. I, think, I don't think for Edward, I don't think the main difference... I honestly don't think it's work rate. Because I think it was the St Johnston game where I see them... Tra- it was either St Johnston or Kilmarnock where he tracked back all the way into our own half to put a slide tackle on a guy after he'd lost the ball. And I was thinking to myself at the time, oh, I've never seen him do that before. But that's not really... Do you mean? Because it didn't really help his overall game when he did that. I think it's... The problem is when he's trying to take on players, he keeps losing it. And, and now he's got Griffiths around him where he doesn't have to take on. He's got options of finding a player that's moving about him now. It's taking a bit of pressure off him to do it all, you know. 
I don't think work rate was really the issue. Plus, also, he doesn't have two centre-backs keying in on him because if Griffiths is off there, that he's going to occupy the gap between the other centre-back and the and like the left-back, for instance, for them. So that's going to mean he has more space to work in. So it's a good positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent point. When you've got Griffiths on the park, it's not just what he does, it's what he allows Edward to do by dragging two or three defenders away from him as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, we all kind of knew this was going to happen anyway. We're talking about it in the off season. It's just a matter of Griff getting fit and then getting into the team. And yeah, the one guy here that I kind of feel a little sorry for, but at the same time, not so much, is um, a Yeti. Like Clamala's coming on, he's looking the business, but a Yeti. He did great early on, but I haven't I haven't seen anything to write home about lately. Nah, but you have to say, like, even though Griffiths has scored in the last three games, um, when you when you watch him after an hour, he does look puffed. Do you know what I mean? Like he's struggling to breathe after that point, and there's a reason he's getting taken off. Like it's not not from lack of effort, and it's not from bad performance. Like he's visibly puffed after an hour. You know. So, I mean, Neil Lennon is clearly knows what he's talking about when he's saying that Griffiths isn't fit, because I can see it. Yeah, he's not match fit enough to play a 90, but yeah, he goes like goes like the clappers for not, for 60 minutes anyway and then comes off, so it's good. I'm not complaining. Like, mm. I'd rather 60 minutes of Griff and Eddie working like they did against Hamilton than getting him on for 15 minutes every second game, like we were getting a month a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. One, one thing Griff does that nobody else does is that, which I love, is that he backs, the way he backs into a defender, but from the goal side rather than the uh, our half side. So, like, yeah. I don't know if you ever noticed, like, when he's when he, he'll position himself for a long ball, but he won't even start his run. He'll obstruct the centre back while the ball's in the air, and then he'll make his run so that he creates space for himself by obstructing the centre back legally. It's something that not any not many players can or try to do, and Griff does it really well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that completely. Mm-hmm. And it could All work right. pretty well against a, a team this weekend, based on the way they play. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Hope it works well for us. Now, Sean, I'm going to throw to you because there was something on the that that you had wanted to go on our run sheet last week, that because you didn't make it on here. Do you still want to discuss the evidence of the board? Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm going to really I'll just quickly because I was I was on a bit of a rant at the time because I was uh, it was just after we'd won the cup final on penalties and I was pretty pissed off. Uh, even though we I was delighted we won the treble, but also pissed off at the way we'd done it. Uh, the way you know we'd given up three goals and relied on being behind and coming back in a penalty shootout. Um, but yeah, the reason that I'm saying that is because the Aberdeen game that we have in hand wasn't rescheduled. Like, basically, until that cup was won, not a single one of our games in hand had been rescheduled. And now that uh, Livingston or through, or was it Livingston or St Mirren, I don't remember which one, but one of them going through to the League Cup semi-final has actually cancelled another one of our future games in January. So by the end of January, we're actually going to be four games behind. 
and because of that, yeah, they basically kept the week free in the build-up to the cup final. Now, that's presumably been a request from Neil Lennon, uh, rather than playing one of the games in hand, which he could have done. He's asked to keep it free for the cup final so that they can prepare, which to me says Neil Lennon and the board see that cup final as more important than the league. And not since since the cup was won, and also you know also arranging that winter break thing that may or may not happen, but since since that the cup was won, that's when they've started rearranging fixtures now, and the fact yeah, that that to me says the cup to them is more important than the ten, and that they pretty much chucked it, and the reason they were letting Neil Lennon stay was because they thought he was going to be good enough to win the cup, even though they knew he wasn't going to win the league for them. Mm. What's your take on that, Liam? Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate take. Um, but the board are being extremely naive here because, you know, any extra grace period we get from winning the cup, however scrappy, goes right out the window if we don't beat the Huns at the weekend. And we're right back where we started. In fact, we're even worse than we were leading up to the cup final because the, the gap in the league will be even greater. It was also all the sorry, all the promotion they were doing of you know the what was the slogan they were using? Um, first, first club ever, or only team, or world. Re- I don't remember what it was that they were using to promote the quadruple treble all over social media and stuff. And to me, that again is they're really pushing the marketing on this so that when it comes to season ticket renewal or next AGM or whatever, they can be like. Well, we didn't get the ten, but look what we did achieve. That's this is much better and blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, if you ask any Celtic fan at the start of the year, no, that's not true. The fact that we are ten days later and we can't neither of us can remember what that slogan was tells you how piss poor the marketing was. But anyway, <laughs> there's only one thing more important that could potentially be more important than the ten, and that would be if we were to win another European Cup or Champions mm-hmm. League. If that and that's not a chance, that's not going to happen. Financial realities of the game and the way it's all happened, that's not going to happen. So realistically, what's the most important thing here? To pretty much every Celtic fan this season, the ten is all that matters. I could have cared less if we won the quadruple treble. Honestly, we got the win, great, but it's all about the ten, and it's pretty the fact that. As your point, you said there, Sean, makes a lot of sense. That's just piss poor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at how quickly, every, generally speaking, how quickly everybody kind of forgot about us being utterly shite in Europe this year. Because nobody really cared about it this season because the 10 is what matters. You know, losing, getting out of the Champions League the way we did and performing so poorly in Europa League as we did. That would be that would be a sackable offence most seasons. But this year it's like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter because the league's the important thing. You know, the, 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 the board can't have it both ways. They can't say, oh, well, you know, the, the league's a priority, so forget about Europe. But on the other hand, saying, oh, look, here's this trophy that we won, so forget about the league. You know, you, you, can't, you can't have it both ways. I found this slogan, it was world first. That was the, the catchphrase they're using. How original. Is that it? Someone's someone's stealing a wage in a marketing department for that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, at least their graphics are good. 
that's a software though. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's not. That's nothing special. I could do that with the right software. And I'm some yobbo over here that's no good with computers, but you know, I could probably do that with the right software. So, turn it up. It's all money for the hotel. Yeah, I know. And the museum, and you know all the other crap around it. So, fun times. All right. So before we jump into preview on the upcoming games, there's a couple of headlines today that I'm just going to like rattle off quickly, and then let you boys pick through it. Headline is first one. Patrick Roberts would walk back to Celtic Park. Transfer should be a no-brainer, says Cy Ferry. That's not the first one I wanted to talk about. I don't think Neil Lennon that- closes the door on January return for Fraser Forster. And there was another one about Benkovic and his loan at uh, Cardiff City. And he's not playing and that Rogers wants to recall him and send him somewhere on loan. And the talk is up to us again. Over to you boys. What's your take on all that? Uh, Patrick Roberts, I don't think is a no-brainer. But I do think in our current position, it might be a wise move to take him on loan with a view to a purchase if he's still got what he had before, um, considering our lack of options on the wing. Um, yeah, but I definitely don't think it's a no-brainer because he might just not be the player he was before. And uh, Fraser Foster, I'm, I was surprised when Neil Lennon said that, but it also occurred to me, so there's two two possible explanations for that. One is that he's trying to maintain the confidence of the players that he does have in goals. Uh, maybe. Okay, maybe. And that, and that they maintains their confidence until the moment that Fraser Foster does come back, which is fine. That's good that you said that, even if you do intend to bring him in. Um, but the second is that he's basically signalling that there's not going to be any signings. Because if he's saying that we don't need a goalkeeper, then he's basically saying we don't need anyone. And he's getting us ready for that. That's my other thoughts on that. And what was the third one again? Uh, Benkovic. Benkovic. Uh, can be not any worse than Duffy, is he? Um, we could do with him. It's better than Duffy and Beton. Don't think he's better than Julian or Ayer, but I think I'd, I'd be fine with it. I would have preferred to have a pacier defender. Uh, even though I've not seen him play, other than YouTube highlights, uh, Mark McKenzie, who's now signing for Genk, sounds like the sort of centre back we need. You know, the sort of Van Dyke or uh, Kelvin Wilson, pacey but strong type player. You know, Paul Elliott, that sort of guy. Um, but instead, Benkovic on loan doesn't not exactly inspiring. Although I do think it is an upgrade on two of the four centre backs we have. You also got to look at that one with Benkovic and go. Well, if El Hamid leaves, we get Benkovic in. That gives us, that takes up that position there. Now we've got to look someone to cover the centre back. Now we've got to look at someone to cover right back, unless they're planning on playing Ayer there. The other good thing about Benkovic is he's a left-footed centre back, which we don't have. Exactly. What do you think, Liam? Right, I'll go. Th- I'll go through these one at a time. Um, first of all, Roberts. Um, no, sorry, no. His um, his time has come and gone. I'm afraid. And uh, 
you know, he was a good player when he was here before, but if there's one lesson we should take away from this season, it is that trying to cling on to former glories is not going to end well. Because mm. the board have been trying to do that all season. Um, no, I think we need to, if we're, we do need to strengthen in that position, especially with Forrest still not sure when he's coming back. But, no, I don't think Roberts is the answer. I'd sooner go with a an up-and-coming, younger, hungrier player who is looking to make a name for himself rather than one who's looking to recover former glories. Um, because nine times out of ten, it ends better with a player who's hungry and up-and-coming. Um, now, moving on to the Fraser Foster thing. That is just pure brinksmanship from Neil Lennon. Because what else is he going to say? You're a few days away from playing a must-win game against the team that are beating you in the league at the moment. Are you really going to say all three of your goalkeepers, by the way, you're all punted next week, I'm signing somebody else? Of course not. Lennon will sign players in January, because he'll have to. And I think one, at least one of them will be a goalkeeper. But he's not going to say that now. Because if Connor Hazard or... Scott Bain or Vasilis Barkas has to go and goal against Rangers at the weekend. How's their confidence going to feel if they know that they're out the door as soon as that game's over, whether they win, lose or draw? You know, it's it's um, setting up for a disaster. And the journalist knows that when they ask that question. It was a leading, it was a leading question, knowing that Lennon is going to be forced to say no when there could be negotiations going right, on right now that we don't know about. Um... It would have been smarter if Neil Lennon would just have said no comment. But, of course, if he says that, then, of course, that's just going to lead to more speculation because journalists in Scotland don't know when to shut up. Um, so that's obviously the problem there. Now, another point I wanted to add on that, talking about the um, this boy Mackenzie that is apparently going to gank, that is not a done deal by any way, shape or form, as far as I'm led to believe. Um, from what I've read and what I've heard from people, um, the clubs have agreed a fee. But with the MLS franchise system, that is actually the, the easiest part of the negotiation. right? The way it works there is that all the players are basically given a value. And if a, if a club outside the league matches that value, then you progress to the negotiation stage. The fact that the fee has been agreed, that basically just means Genk have said they're willing to pay what his current team want for him. It doesn't mean that there's a deal being done. And with American players in particular, it's the contract negotiation stages where it usually hits a snag if it's going to hit a snag. So I would say if Celtic do want that player, they're going to have to move quick, but they've probably still got a few days to get a deal done there because the Genk deal is not over the line yet, as, as far as I understand it. Um, and finally, Benkovic, I say get him in. If we can get him in for a decent a decent fee, get him in. It's exactly what we need right now if we can't get this, this guy, McKenzie, who I think is a better prospect. And I realise I'm contradicting myself there with what I just said about Paddy Roberts, but I think the defence is a different situation because you're looking for consistency there rather than flair that's going to win an individual game. So anyway, that's that's my thoughts on it. There, there was another one that came up I mentioned to you uh, before Liam logged on earlier, Jared. It was uh, Declan Gallagher. He's allegedly a free agent this summer, so we could get him on the cheap 
next month, next week. What do you think thoughts on that, Liam? Say that again, sorry? Declan Gallagher is uh, oh, the, right, the Motherwell player. Yeah. Um, Motherwell in Scotland. Well, I mean, does Celtic have a criminal background check when the same players? I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, um, no, but he was he was at Celtic as a kid. Aye. He's one of the youth kids. Mm. He's definitely got potential. Um, how old is he, do we know? He's about 29, something like that. So I said 28, 29, something yeah. like that. Right, so he's as good as he's going to get then. And yeah. decent SPL level player right now. Don't know if he's quite Celtic class. Well, but then again, I said the same thing quantity. before we signed him, so you never know. Yeah, he's basically a known quantity. Mm. All I have to say is at least I would rather him every day of the week instead of McKenna, which those rumours went on for years and years and years when he was at Aberdeen. So, yeah, I think we could do better in that position, but he'd he'd be a serviceable job person for that job at the at the local league level going forward. But yeah, I'd like to see us kind of raise our eyes a little bit higher and look for something a bit better, like try and get the guy down at um. I can't remember his name. Who was at Preston North End, the centre back down there? Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather go for him, get him in on a pre-contract, and then sign him on a knockdown fee to get him in, then bring in Gallagher. I just checked; he's turning thirty in February. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> but you know, look, we've signed older players from overseas. You know, uh, that are more risky in the past, like Mastorovic and oh, what's his name, Turi and. I mean, it's not it's not out with our past history to sign foreign centre backs that are older. Yeah, I don't have a problem doing that, but the, when those sort of guys, that, when you sign them, you get them when they're 34, 35, 36 for a couple of years, a year or two, because you've got a promising young centre back you want them to mentor. Like bringing in Torre was perfect for when we we're in the transition of transitioning eye from midfield to defence. So he had that role model and guy he could learn from. So that was a perfect situation. But it's the same when we had like Mostorovic. I'm not sure if he was there when Virgil and Denier and those guys were, there, were in the squad. But it's that sort of setup that I'd like where you've got that guy to mentor. But at the moment, if we were to bring in Gallagher at 30, well, he's only what, two years old, a year older than Duffy or two years older than Duffy? I'd rather keep Duffy for another year, and that's saying something. Honestly, if you take away Duffy's attacking threat at set pieces, I'd rather have Gallagher. Yeah, I'd rather ben, Benjamin Keith Davies from Preston North End. There you go. I'd rather bring him in. I, I honestly think Gallagher's a better defender than Duffy. Hmm. I'm I'm not really set on either of them to be honest. They're both decent players in their own right, but I've yet to be convinced that either of them is Celtic class. Yeah, I agree with that. Fair, fair uh, little chat there, Liam. So I agree with you on that too. Mm. All right, jumping into tonight's game or today's game, actually, Celtic versus Dundee United. I'll throw to you, Sean. What are you looking forward to seeing in this game? It's going to be a stinker, I can tell you right now. Dundee United, I checked, uh, they have lost two out of their last 12 games. So they're 
that means 10 out of 12 without defeat. And for us, a draw is as good as a defeat. So it's worrying statistics. Uh, the only teams that they have lost to were Livingston and Rangers. Uh, Livingston famously rely on set pieces and long balls for their goals. And, and the Rangers game, again, against Dundee United, it was two set pieces. So it seems like in order to beat them, that's where the goals are going to have to come from. So what I'm looking for is inclusion and performances from uh, Griffiths and Turnbull on the set pieces. And I'm looking for inclusion of Duffy and Julian uh, to get on the end of those crosses. Because uh, I feel like when we get a breakthrough, it, that's where it's going to be. And I think it's going to be a low scoring game, low chance game. Yeah, agree with you on that. For me, I'm thinking I'm thinking we'll win it, but I think it'll probably be 1-0 or 2-0. won't be anything higher than that. It'll be a bit of a slog, but I think the key thing for us is we need to keep possession, get our goals, and don't let them hit us on the counter. Yeah. I reckon we'll win 2-1, and Griffiths will score the winner with a free kick. There you go. That's my prediction right there. Yeah, any set piece will do. Mm-hmm. Any goal will do. Three points is the main thing, as we discussed last week, Liam. Yeah. We've got to get pick up all the points going into the Glasgow derby on the weekend. So, yeah, as long as we get those three points, don't really care what the score is. As I said last week, it's about the performance and about getting three points. I don't think the performance even matters in this case. I keep charting in the right direction, Sean. That's the only reason I keep saying it. Yeah. I just want to keep seeing incremental improvements. Yeah. yeah I'm a bit worried about the strikers they've got, you know, McNulty, Shankland, Clark up front. Uh, all it would take for them is one chance, you know, um, and knowing our luck. And the fact that they've got an amazing goalkeeper as well, one that we've been linked with, actually, uh, Benjamin Segrist. Uh, so it is a bit of a worry. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm hoping it's uh, hoping it's three points in the bag for us. That's as you said, Segrest, quality keeper. They've got strikers that can put the ball in the net. So where do you think the game will be won? Then will it be in the midfield? No, I think it'll be bypassed. I think it's going to be very much uh, whoever. Well, yeah. Like I said, I think it was going to come down to how can Celtic break them down and will we be competent enough in defence to prevent them from scoring their one of their few chances or creating few chances. I predict they'll get maybe three chances the whole game and it's down to our defence to restrict the quality of those chances and down to our goalkeeper to not allow one of those three in. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned because United did, when I watched them play Rangers recently, they, they actually outplayed Rangers for a significant portion of that game. So they are a team that can that can step up and challenge anybody when they're in the mood, you know. Fingers crossed they're not in the mood then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what we'll do with that then is we'll leave that game there. Anyone, if you listen to this podcast... Because the game's coming up in what, like four hours or something like that, or yeah. not too far, four or five hours away. 
if you listen to this podcast after the game and say if it's a 5-0 win, I expect to see all sorts of tweets at, at Celtic Down just telling us we don't know shit. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So um, we'll jump into our preview of the Glasgow Derby on, what is it, Saturday night, our time? Saturday, what is it, midday kickoff over there? Yep. 12.30. 12.30, perfect. Likely Saturday games. Going to get out to the CSC, which we'll go through that a bit later. But Liam, what are you looking forward to in that game? Um, Hopefully a win. <laughs> um, the uh, It's a strange one, this game. You know, I actually I was thinking about it today and all of the usual suspects in the Scottish press are coming out saying, oh, this should be a shooting one for Rangers. This is Stevie G's time, you know. And um, I say, good, let them spout their pish and wind because we play better when we're not the we're not the favourite. You know, we've lost a couple of New Year games in recent years because we've gone into them as the heavy favourites. This is the first time, well, first time in more than 10 years we've gone into a game against a team called Rangers and we are the quite heavy underdogs. And uh, I actually like that. I think it's uh, it means that we can just approach the game with a clear head because we're not expecting... The, the, the public at large is not expecting us to win it, which I think will make it all the more sweet when we do. Um, I think we can start with the two strikers up front. I think we need to play Turnbull and Sorrow. Have Brown on the bench because just his presence is a is a booster. Um, and I hope we go with a back four. And here's the controversial one. I would play Taylor instead of Laxalt. Laxalt's a better player, but I think Taylor is more effective for what we need against Rangers, which is a more defensive-minded performance. You've just jumped in off two of my next two questions I was going to do after I threw it over to Sean. So what formation would you play and what would your starting lineup be? So while you're at it, Liam, cover off on those two. We'll leave our score prediction to the end. But if you can give us your formation and your starting lineup on that, then we'll throw straight over to you, Sean, for you to do the same deal. Yep. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll – first of all, I'll give you what I would – the starting lineup I would go with but then what I think Neil Lennon's going to go with, right? So I would say, in goal, Hazard. He's not put a foot wrong yet, apart from that one dodgy thing in the cup final, but he redeemed himself with uh, penalty saves. So Hazard in goal. Two centre-backs, Julian and Duffy. Um, I think Duffy deserves a chance to redeem himself um, against, against the Huns. Because you need full commitment against them and you know you're going to get that from Duffy if nothing else Um, uh, left back Taylor right back I would go with uh, Frimpong just to give us a good out ball Um, midfield Soro Turnbull uh, McGregor and Hmm. I personally would go with Rogic, um, but I don't think I don't think Neil Lennon will. Up front, Eddie and Griffiths. So you're going a four-four-two diamond midfield. Yep. Yep. Now 
what I think Neil Lennon will do is pretty much the same team, but he's probably going to go with Christie instead of Rogic. He's probably going to go with Beaton instead of Duffy. And he's probably going to go for Brown instead of Sorrow, unfortunately. Um, I think that's what will happen as opposed to what I want to happen. What do you think, Sean? What's your, what are you looking forward to with the game? What formation would you go with and what would your starting lineup be? Yeah, I agree with most of what Liam said there. I don't think there's any question that it's going to be uh, four at the back and two up front. So it's just a question of what shape the midfield will take. Uh, we've proven over the last three Rangers games that uh, the problem is not the formation. The problem is having the right players on the pitch. So Griffiths and Edward are going to start for unless one of them gets injured tonight, they will both start. Um, I'm going to work backwards because what I want is actually identical to what Liam wants, which is Sorrow uh, and then McGregor, Turnbull and Rogic. But I also agree with Liam that Christie will probably play ahead of Rogic and probably, unfortunately, Brown will play ahead of Sorrow, which is going to be an absolute disaster. Uh, but that's probably what uh, Neil Lennon will stubbornly do. Uh, I don't agree with playing a diamond, though. I think it's going to be a flat four. Uh, and the reason I say that is we've had success with that two flat banks of players in the past. When we won at Ibrooks, the Johnny Hayes goal, that was the, you know the two flat banks of players. And when you think back to the game where we had Semyonovic sent off and we went 4-3-2, and again, that was the same thing where we had two flat banks uh, with the two strikers uh, dealing with two defenders each. But the, the thing is, Rangers get their full backs forward so much, it's almost going to be one-on-one -on -one up front at that point, or two-on-three. And that has to be what we do. We have to play that low block. And if you have that low block, it really pulls those full backs up and out of position. And if you've got two players ready to spring, then you've You've not got a numbers advantage, but you've got, a, with the talent that we have up front, you've got a really good chance, you know, against, when you have Edward and Griffiths against three of their defenders, that's a really good chance. And you see, even even with players like El Yunusi, when he gets that kind of one-on-one, one-on-two kind of chance he does well, that's why he does well in Europe. Can't deal with breaking down teams that are also playing that low block, but when you get the numbers games, the, the, the players have the quality. And I think that's why it has to be two up front. And, and you actually, if you look at it, the last four or five Celtic Rangers games, it's always been the team that, that sits and breaks is the team that's won. Like, And you're talking about why we're always favourites. Well, that first game at Ibrooks last season, we weren't. I mean, I think maybe technically we were Bookie's favourites, but not really. Like, we were, Rangers were really expecting to get something off us that day, and we beat them 2 0. And that was because we did play that kind of low block and counter-attack game. And look, and it's the same thing they've done to us. So I don't... I think that's really the key, going to be the key. Um, in terms of who I'd pick in defence, yes, yeah, set-pieces are an issue. If Another reason why I don't want to play Christie is because he has this really stupid habit of giving away dangerous free kicks in dangerous positions. And that is their main threat at all times these days is Tavernier. Whether it's a direct free kick or a cross into or tall players or whatever I think almost all of their goals come from that sort of thing and uh, 
that's also why I would play Duffy and Julian. And in terms of fullbacks, again, toss a coin between Taylor and Laxalt. I think they're both competent defenders. And Taylor's probably got a better eye for a final ball. Uh, Laxalt probably has more energy to go for a full game. Depends what you want to go with. And in terms of the right-back, again, I'm struggling to say between Frimpong and Ayer because Frimpong in the past has done really well against Ryan Kent. And Ryan, uh, when Frimpong doesn't play Kent, it's had much more change out of a game. But I think I'd be going for Ayer, again, for height at set-pieces, both offensively and defensively. And then, yeah, no brain, no-brainer, Hazard and goals. Yeah, for me, there's something Liam touched on earlier that I wanted to bring up, which is the talk in the media, how people are writing us off. Now, what I think a lot of these people have forgotten about, we've seen all these stories about, oh, Rangers are going to be without, potentially be without Ryan Jack and Scott Arfield because they're injured. This is not good for that, for Rangers, blah, blah, blah. They're completely forgetting last time we played and we're missing nine players who are currently playing. So... I am loving the underdog and you guys have pretty much touched on the majority of what I was thinking formation wise. So yeah, I'd go I'd go the same as Liam, the four four two diamond. I'd be going hazarding goals, not worried about him at all. He hasn't done anything wrong so far other than that one thing against Hearts. But we got Bane and just threw him in cold turkey against Rangers at Ibrox. Not worried. Like Hazard's proven himself so far. It's sink or swim sort of time, so get him out there. I'd go with Taylor, that left back. And then I'd be going with right back would be Frimpong. Two center halves, I'd be going Ayer and Julian. Sorrow in the midfield, defensive mid. Turnbull. Uh, sorry, Christy and Kelmack as your two number eights. And Turnbull is the... Uh, you go in the number 10 role, playing in behind Edward and Griffiths. Uh, now, do I think Lenny would do that? Probably not. But the only reason I'm putting Christie in that midfield role is because of his work rate. We need guys who are going to clog up that midfield because that's where they've smashed us the last couple of times we played them. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Score predictions, boys. Oh, sorry, before we move on, score predictions, on the point you made about... Um, players being injured last game can I just quickly run through the team from the last game and you tell me how many you think are stick on to play yeah so Barkas yes or no no okay Welsh no Duffy possibly but not stick on no you'll be in the squad but I don't know if you'll start it's touch and go if you'll start or if you'll be on the bench that's what I meant Ayer he'll start See, I didn't even have him in my... Yeah, you're, he's probably a stick on you. Frimpong? He'll start. So so basically one of I or Frimpong anyway. Scott Brown? Lenny will start him, but I don't think he should. And Cham? No. McGregor? Yep. Laxalt? Don't know. Klamala? No. Elianusi? No. So from that whole team, we had... McGregor was the only one... There was no equivocation. And then the only other one we could say for sure was one of Iron Frimpong is going to start. So yeah. from those 11 players, there's one and a half that are stick-ons for starting this game again. 
the Rangers team, you'll find there's very few changes. So it's, it's, it could be materially different in many ways, the way the game plays out. The thing about that is, though, we want to, I think if we're going to beat them, we want to try and catch them cold. So the idea of doing something they don't expect is, um, you know, is a good potential angle for us. You know, if you, if you go back to that, that game where we beat them 2-0 at Ibrooks last year, I can't remember the exact team, but I'm pretty sure there was a couple of names that we were not expecting leading up to kickoff. Johnny Hayes at left back. Aye. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's another one we could pull, is actually putting Ayer at right back and maybe dropping Frimpong. Um, depends you know, on, on that one, Liam. It depends on who you're going to play. Like, what balance do you want? Do we want to go the old system where we'd have Tierney going up and down the left wing, terrorising, and have uh, Lustig staying at home, helping keep some shape to the defence? Because if we're going to do that, you're either going to have... That's why on my squad, I'll put Frimpong, Frimpong on it right back and Taylor at left back for that balance. Aye. Now, same here. If, do you want to go with Laxalt and Frimpong and have both just going crazy on the wings? Because that's the way their wingers play, their wing backs play. So, do we want to play the same game as them, or do we want to do it a little different? I think we need to play it different because I think if they've, like you say, they've got a fixed structure they've been using all season. If we fight their fight, we lose. We've got to do something they're not prepared for. Don't encourage Lenny. Next thing you know, I'll have Kelmack at left back. <laughs> oh, no, no. I think that was definitely a one-off, never-to-be-repeated experience. I'm just saying, like, when you say, oh, yeah, this is the example, this is the chance for him to do something a bit in left field, yeah. that's what he does up. So. Aye, well. But I, I agree um, with what you're saying about, about the fullback. So it's either Laxal and Ayer, or it's Taylor and Frimpong. I don't yeah. think you can go all out attack or all out defence either way. I, I don't think fullback should be attacking, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, okay. But if you're going to go both of the attacking ones, then you've got to have Sorrow in the midfield to screen the, t- the centre backs and help out. If you're going to go both the attacking ones, Bruni cannot be in that starting lineup. But that's the problem. I think he's going to play Bruni regardless. Exactly. Anywho, we'll find out on uh, Saturday. So, score predictions. Liam? 3-1 Celtic. But I think the Huns will score first. Goal scorers? Right. Um, I'll say that Roof will score their goal. Our goals will come from Turnbull... McGregor and Griff. Over to you, Sean. Uh, I really, 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 really want to predict a Celtic win, but I just don't feel it in my bones. Uh, and, I, and I feel it's going to be uh, one each and they'll get a penalty. <laughs> I'd ask you goal scorers, but we know Tavernier will be their score if it's a penalty. So who's going to score ours? Uh, Griffiths. And for me, I'm thinking it'll be 1-0 our way, 81st minute. And it won't be a Griffiths free kick because he won't be on the field in the last 30-odd minutes because he'll run out of gas. True. It'll be 
This is the Ozemi Rogic off the bench to come back and scalp some hands. Yes, there he is. Get in. Oh, <laughs> yes. Do you know what? Forget my 3-1. I'd happily take that. <laughs> Reason I said that is because I'm going to be out at the um, Melbourne CSC, the Jockstein CSC on Saturday night watching this. And I can only imagine how crazy that's going to be bouncing if Rogic is, scores the winner in that game. So what I'll do is I, I sent messages out earlier in the week to um, – the majority, pretty much all the CSCs over here in Australia and in New Zealand to find out if they have any events on. So what I'll do is I'll give them all a little plug with what events they've got going on for the weekend and then we'll wind up the podcast. So started off with the first one I'll, I'll go with is, because I just mentioned them, mm-hmm. Melbourne Celtic Supporters Club. They're meeting at the Cross in St Kilda. Maximum capacity of 100 people because of COVID restrictions. All sold out. Um, looking forward to it. We're going to have music on, everything like that. So be good to get back in there with all the um, with the local Crazy Hoops fans here in Melbourne. It's been a long, long time between drinks. So I'm looking forward to it. Then over in Perth, in your neck of the woods, Sean, you've got game 8.30 kickoff for you guys. How lucky is that at the Irish club in Subiaco? Yep, looking forward to it. Um, disappointed it's not going to be in our traditional home of Rosie O'Grady's, but it's going through a change of ownership at the moment, so hopefully we'll still have a, a good night in the Irish club. And hopefully they don't do what they've done in the past, where they've had Celtic fans upstairs and Rangers fans downstairs. Uh, hope they learned a lesson from the last time. Speaking of people who do Celtic fans one area, Rangers in another, I messaged Kevin from the Mandra CSC over in Western Australia, yeah. and they're not going to have an official gathering for the game, but they'll be at the Pipers Inn watching it. Now, I know the Pipers Inn has Rangers fans in there as well, so good luck to anyone who goes to there for the, the game over in Mandra CSC. Represent us well and make sure we uh, you know, do our best to get the win and wind up those, those pricks. Yeah, I think they do tend to get both in there, but they're also the official... Rangers won down there's uh supporters club for next town further down and what is yeah. it Rocky or something? Flor- yeah, Floriat or something. Some it's a soccer team's club room. Uh, yeah. I think it's Floriat. So it shouldn't be too it should be more Celtic fans in theory. All right. So then we've got the guys over in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, I've asked them if they've got anything. They've Going to have the game on in the Munster Inn showing it live, but it's not an official event because most of their usual people are away. So anyone who goes over there and watches the game, hope you enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, send us through pictures to our Facebook group or page. Adelaide CSC, they don't have an event on for this, so most people will probably be watching it on Celtic TV. The guys up at the Gold Coast CSC, Game will be on at Finn McCool's in Surfers Paradise. So, um, yeah, great bunch of people up there. So, um, yeah, hope they get a good turnout. Then you've got the guys in uh, Wyala, South Australia. They're having an event at the Brazen Shed in Wyala. So, um, yeah, Gordon over there is a guy to get in touch with. But, yeah, they'll definitely be uh, having an event there and looking forward to seeing the usual videos and pictures that's the ultimate man cave when you see pictures of it so um yeah 
Hope they have a great night out and a good turnout. Uh, we've got a couple more coming up. Just bear with me. Brisbane. They have, they've named theirs the Willie Wallace Appreciation Night. Kickoff is at 10.30. The game is going to be held at the Gap FC because their normal place, the Jubilee Hotel, is undergoing renovations or something, I think it is. So um, they've got a larger capacity. Willie and Olive Wallace will be there celebrating Willie's 81st birthday because they were prevented from celebrating his 80th last year because of COVID. Uh, members only event so um, yeah have a great night guys and uh, you know everyone is there make sure you uh, sing a good happy birthday to uh, our very own Aussie based Lisbon Lion then we've got the guys up at Albury Hoops CSC they don't have a they don't have an event on because the sports bar that they are in isn't going to be open for some reason, so that rules them out. And there's one more I've got to tell you about. Melbourne number one, CSC, they have an event at PJ O'Brien's Sidebar in South Bank, Melbourne. If anyone's planning on going in there because the other Melbourne-based one, Jock Steen's already sold out, that's the place to go. Make sure you get in early, though, because it's limited capacity because of COVID restrictions. So... Hope that helped out anyone who is uh, based in Australia and New Zealand and wants to know where they can watch the game. Um, yeah, hang on. There was one other I left out, which was the Western Sydney CSC. They sent me a message just before. Bear with me. Yeah, the, at the Penrith Gales Irish Club in Kingswood, they're showing the game there as well. So, yeah, everyone, if, if you're in Sydney and you're not in lockdown, that's where the game will be shown. Uh, the Sydney CSC usually are at Cheers Bar as well, but I don't know what their restrictions are with COVID lockdowns as well. So shout out to all the Australia and New Zealand CSCs. Hope you all have a good turnout at your events and let's paint this country, these countries of ours green and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be good if they could uh, tag us, if they get some videos or pictures and maybe tag us on Twitter or something. So we can yeah, so do- at Celtic Down, tag us in it. We'd love to... Share that around for everyone. So anyone over overseas, not down our neck of the woods, can see how us Aussie guys and the guys across the ditch in New Zealand, you know, have the games on. So yeah, send through some videos. Feel free to share it into our Facebook group, our Facebook page. If you want to post something on your own page, tag us in it. Happy to, uh, you know, see how it's going, everyone. So yeah. Am I nervous for the game on the weekend? Not now, but ask me this time on, on Saturday and I'll probably be shitting bricks. So uh, good fun. <laughs> just, just before we finish, can I just add one uh, kind of somber note? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll get left off the coverage uh, on BN Sports because these sort of things tend to. But if you're watching it on Celtic TV or even if you don't get to see it if, because it's left off the coverage... If we can all just, you know, reflect on the 50th anniversary of the Ibrox disaster, which is the reason why it's on the 2nd of uh, January this year. Uh, so it's exactly 50 years uh, since 66 people were killed uh, at the what was then an old firm game uh, at Ibrox when the two managers, Jock Steen and uh, was it Willie Waddle, were helping 
survivors and on the pitch and things like that. So whether you get to observe the minute silence or not, at least take a chance to reflect on it. Well said, Sean. Well said. On an, on a similar note, it's also thirteen years ago this week that we lost Phil O'Donnell. So maybe have a wee if you're the if you're the Rogers type, say we pray for him as well. I'll keep him in your thoughts. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, yeah. Hope everyone listened, enjoyed the podcast. Uh, looking forward to reviewing the weekend's derby and also the game against Dundee United next week. And um, yeah, have a great. Uh, New Year's, everyone. What's it, Hogmany? Is that how it's said, boys? Hogmany, yeah. Have a good one, everyone over there. And, uh, yeah, bring on the weekend's game. Saturday night game? Come on. Can't wait. Hell, hell. Hell, Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.